up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's blank. I'm Branham, Joe George, assistant to the regional manager, our queen bee behind the glass. It's a Friday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's a getaway edition of the Bees. You're uh, struggling. You have Got a lot going on here, Jeremy. I don't think people issues. need to know about all that. I mean, you know, it's just your I got headphones. a yard sale. I got headphones that are broken, and I'm ready to do a show. Not great. No. Uh, doctor, it was great seeing you in the Twitch today. We're going to miss you. Um, lots to get to today. Uh, Texans play a football game on Sunday. It's like the first time in a long time, maybe ever, that the number one, the number two, the number three picks play as rookies in a game together. Uh, we're going to be all over Texans, Panthers throughout the show. Uh, do you trust Deshaun Watson? We're gonna we, we didn't have a great week of BZ money last week. And whenever I say we didn't have a great week, I'm putting it very lightly and conservatively for us. Uh, we've been great on the year. Yeah. Last week, not so hot. Might have went winless. Uh, but we're going to get back on track this week. I don't think we did too well in Who Said It last week either. But we get back on track with that as well. <laughs> you know, Joe's going to have to get on track to do Who Said It, by the way. He hasn't. Yeah, uh, just the way my head so- my headphones are broken, I might as well just call him out. You haven't done much. Who said it yet, Joe George? Zero. Assistant to the regional manager. Busy. Zero. Who said it? So yeah. we so we shouldn't expect to hear from you in the next uh, ninety minutes. A whole oh, lot. We'll make it work. Okay, we'll make it work. Hopefully, we have a who said it today. Maybe <laughs> at four thirty, and then mean text as well. You got to get your mean text in because that's how we end a Friday. All the mean things that you say to us throughout the week. So make sure you get some mean text. There hasn't been a whole lot of mean things said to us this week. There's there's some, not a whole lot, but uh, you got to be really mean to us for the next three hours so we can fill a few minutes at the end of our show. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. So I was watching, um, you know, the Dusty Baker stuff yesterday, the retirement. All of that. It was cool. You know, tip your cap to Dusty Baker on the way out. Um, Hall of Fame career. His four years with the Astros, unbelievable. I think he's the most decorated manager of all time in Houston Astro history. Afterward, and Jim Crane was asked questions like, you know, timeline for the new manager. And he said they're going to act quickly, but today's about Dusty. We had um, an interview with Julia Morales on Space City Sports Network. Say that 10 times fast. And, um, Space City home? Yeah, it is. See? There you go. Yeah, I already it, screwed it, it up. Is, it's, it's a it's, long it's name. It's way too long. It's a long name. And there's like no way to shorten it either. What are we going to call it? Like the Space Network? Like what Like what can we do? Like that, that name needs to be shortened. But it is what it is. But he uh, he did an interview with Julia Morales afterwards. Like two and a half minutes. Talked about what Dusty meant. You know, the season. His thoughts on the season. And then, you know, what to expect in 2024. What, what excites you about 2024? And Crane said that, you know, the season, that the team's intact. They feel like the window's still wide open. He says the window's always wide open when it comes to the Houston Astros. And he talked about what excites him most, that they have the best fans. Here was owner Jim Crane with Julia Morales on the Space City Home Network, Space Sports, Go Sports. Here, here was Astro owner Jim Crane about what excites him about next year. Well, we've got such a great fan base. The support's there. I mean, people buying season tickets already for next year. I mean, we've got great corporate support. We've got great fan support you know we hit three million this year we'd like to do it again so just want to say thank you to all of our fans and and corporate supporters and everybody that comes to the ballpark um and it's great to see the kids out there too we have a lot of kids coming to the games and that makes it's always great for the do it for the kids. Do it, do it the for the kids. Do it for the, well, I think he did. You know, what, I think just he, the fans? If he's not, I mean, he's not going to like tip his hand or talk about you know who they're targeting in free agency. Like he's he's not going to do any of that. And maybe he doesn't know. I kind of hope he doesn't know. Like that should fall into Dana Brown's desk, not his. 
But he talks about the great fan base. Mm-hmm. He talks about how many season tickets they already have pre-ordered for 2024. Talks about corporate support, which corporate support are the billboards, the people that own the suites, which is high dollar. That's a lot of money, which means if they're spending a lot of money, you're making a lot of money. He talked about 3 million people through the gate this year, and they hope to do it again next year. What I'm hearing there is he's making a lot of money. Dollars are pouring into Minute Maid Park. Dollars are pouring in to Jim Crane. We were talking about this a little bit the other day as you start to look ahead to the offseason, hot stove, right around the corner. It's going to be fun. The collective uh, or the the CB the competitive balance threshold, the CBT, known as the luxury tax, next year is $237 million. Depending on where you look, the Astros projected total tax allocation somewhere between like 230 to like 247. So like 7 million on the good side, 7 million on the bad side. Let's layman term it down to they're right on the number. They're right on the number and they have holes to fill. Like we talk about outfield. We talk about they, they need to reinvent this bullpen that they have. They need to spend some money. And Jim Crane has always operated, with the exception of one time, has always operated as an owner who uses that competitive tax as a as the kind of a, a salary cap. He uses that luxury tax threshold as a salary cap. And next year, it's two hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. His projection is right at two hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. Should we, as fans, the city, us who talk behind a mic, should we be pressing Jim Crane? Because I've always been one. Hey, he's an owner that's going to spend up to the luxury tax, and that's fine. Should he be going past that, though? Should he be going beyond that? Should he be an owner that gets into the luxury tax? And is it fair, us, radio talk show host, you, listener, you, that probably one of the three million people that went through the gate at Minute Maid Park, maybe you're a corporate supporter as well, is it fair for the city to start pushing for Jim Crane to spend more money and go into the luxury tax? Is it fair? Probably not because it's his money. But is it something that's going that that happens in every market, especially when you have a a bigger market where you know that the team is not losing money? It, you you it's expected, and I think that with Jim Crane, I think it was Tillman that first came out with the best way to kind of put it all out there, which is I'm going to stay right up until the luxury tax until I know that there's a move out there that can take us to the next level. And when that's the case, I'm willing to go over it because now it kind of covers your bases and it puts you in a position where you don't have to do it every year. But you'd like to think that when you're good and have a chance to either be great and or you're great and have a chance to sustain it, that you're going to do by whatever means necessary, especially when. The lay of the land says there's going to be teams now within your own division that have spent a boatload of money. They've gone over it. They're going to be here. They're not going anywhere. And and it might be that the best competition in all the American League is going to be in the American League West next year, and with the exception of maybe the Baltimore Orioles. And you're going to have to focus on that for the first time in a long time where it's not going to be a runaway train on the division. So is it fair? I would say by standards and rules, probably not. But is is it something that happens? Is it the norm? For teams that make money, absolutely. That's the like. That's one thing that you always talk about is the business sense of this. Which I mean, Jim Crane's not going to just throw money away, and I'm not ex- like expecting him to do that. Uh, it is very much a business. I- I've always felt that I would operate with the sense that if I'm a if I was an owner and I'm already like a self made millionaire and I don't really need money, 
every dollar that I make, I'm pouring back into the organization. That's the way that I would operate. Now, uh, I realize that 95% of owners don't operate that way because why would you, you know, take money out of your pocket to then spend back in the organization? Some owners do that. A lot of owners don't. They, they care about their pocketbook, and I totally understand that. Uh, some people are greedy, and some people like money. But if you've had 3 million people through the gate this year, 3 million through the gate next year, you had a great fan base that you say, you have all these season ticket pre-sales, you have all of this corporate support, you're saying that the window is always open. How do you sustain 3 million through the gate every year? How do you sustain great corporate support? How do you sustain season ticket sales that are that are beating the expectations every single year? You do it by winning ball games. Mm-hmm. The best marketing tool that you have in sports is winning games. And I expect the Astros to be good next year, but how they handle the offseason depends on how good. Rangers aren't going anywhere. Mariners are still very good. I think this team has some pretty serious holes. I think left field, DH, one of them. Uh, the bullpen needs some fixing as well. And if you're not willing to spend money there and you're going Justin Dearden in left field and Forrest Whitley's a bullpen piece and Ronel Blanco's one of the four – you're going to be an 85-90 win team, and all of a sudden, this $3 million through the gate turns into 2.7. The year after that, it turns into 2.5. The year after that, maybe a higher auspice, turns into 2.2. So I hope Jim Crane realizes that, knows that at times, and this year might be one of them, that you have to dip into the luxury tax. I don't want Crane to be an owner that year in, year out is doing it. I don't want him to be foolishly spending money because smart money beats big money. But years where it's critical to do it, and I think this year is one of them, I think it's fair to ask Crane to spend into the luxury tax every once in a while, this year included. I think the key, Jeremy, is is the situation that you're in, and that situation changes from year to year. I think that if you are like Joe's favorite team, the Chicago White Sox, it makes zero sense if you know that you're going to be a less-than-stellar ball club to go out and make some splashy free agency move when you know it's not going to move the needle and it's not going to get you more wins and it's not probably not going to do a whole lot to alter the big picture. But to, to the point that you made, look, this team has been on, been in the, in the golden era of Astros baseball now for seven-plus years, and it, it doesn't have to end. But at a certain point, you have to see the lay of the land and understand I sometimes have to overcommit or do things that I haven't had to do in the past so that I can continue to do the things that I want to do, which is make a ton of money and make people happy in this city and compete for a championship. And a lot of times, too, where you're spending money isn't in, like, the payroll, quite frankly. And I think that Crane has done a good job over the years to spend in player development, to spend with the minor league system. That way, the the players that are coming through the pipeline, they maximize the development of those guys. And I think that's how the Astros have built a winner, is through their minor league system, is through player development, is through international free agent signing. So Crane has spent money. I'm not at all calling Jim Crane cheap. I think he has spent, always up to the competitive balance tax, he has spent in minor league resources and player development, which is you know kind of money that we don't really look at because like, who cares what's happening in the minor leagues, but it is critical, and I would argue it's the most important thing. And I don't think that Crane needs to do this every single season, but I think this is the year where they're right there already on the cusp of having the, the, a luxury tax that, that hits that competitive balance tax where, hey, go sign two free agent arms and get into the luxury tax. Go sign a left fielder and get into the luxury tax for a season. Then you have money coming off the books. You can kind of reset all of these things. Uh, this, to me, would be the offseason where Jim Crane goes into that luxury tax, and I do think it is a fair ask of Jim Crane because he's sitting here talking about how much money they're making, $3 million through the gate last year, want to do it again next year, season tickets through the roof, corporate support, all that's great. Invested back in the payroll. 713-780-3776. Is that a fair ask to the Astros owner to, to go over that luxury tax? Also, 
I started to take a look at a few names that could be out there for the Houston Astros come in the come off season. And look, maybe they don't spend money. Maybe they have to be creative and to acquire it via trade, things like that. Few names I want to run by you to see if they would interest you to join the Astros in the off season. We'll talk plenty Texans Panthers as well as we go on. Uh, we'll get to some NFL stuff. BZ money. We're going to hand you some winners here at the bottom of the hour too. We're going to get back on track. Busy show, jam-packed show. It's a Friday show. 713-780-ESPN. The HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. He's at Joe George Radio. It's Killer Beast on ESPN97.5 and ESPN92.5. But first, a moment on Pro Don Coop. Look, this is the season. I'm calling a basketball game tomorrow. Rockets play their second game of the year today. We're, we're a week or two away from the college basketball season get tipped off. A uh, High school season, I'm sure, is right around the corner. AAU's always going on. So the time is now to get a goal from ProDunk. Weather is going to be great next week, too, so uh, not a better time to do this. Uh, ProDunk makes the highest quality basketball goals you'll find, better than anything you'll see in a big box store. They have a tempered glass backboard, breakaway rim, stainless steel hardware, rust-proof, and height adjustable, anywhere from 5 feet to 10 feet. Lower it down, throw down some jams, or you have a little one working on his shot, working on his game, can't quite get it up to 7 feet, lower it down to 5 feet. Uh, You can't quite dunk seven or eight feet lower down to five feet or you might have a kid working on his shot you might want to work on your shot and raise it all the way up to 10 feet anywhere from five to ten it's it's great their accessories are next level two led light kits for night play you work kids go to school only time you have to play is at night well how am i going to shoot around at night well these led light kits will get it done for you backstop nets as well and you can order everything including professional installation online yes the pros at pro dunk professionally install your goal at the perfect height perfectly straight you don't have to be proficient with a drill because you can sit back on the recliner watch sports while they install you don't do it let the pros at pro dunk do all of the work for you give them a call at 281-351-9822 and visit produnk.com that's produnk.com so jim crane spend more money 713-780-3776-3667 uh, when you've consistently gotten the support he has spend the darn money and get some good players if no one was showing up then be greedy kind of like pittsburgh pirates kansas city royal Ma- uh, route 8437 the, this team just had the second most attendance for the year the amount of money crane has to be making off the fans has to be ridiculous so yes i do believe it is not asking a lot for him to be willing to go over the luxury tax especially if osmosis is what we as the fan base have to put up with next year as the uh, he says head coach we mean manager what do you think the possibility that it is osmus put a, put a number on it percentage chance brad osmus manager of the shows next year i'm gonna say 30 percent. okay i was about 25 so we're in the same minute made park uh what are you at on this joe george sorry to bother you uh who said it <laughs> work but uh what percentage chance are you with Brad Ausmus being the manager of the Astros? 33%. 33%? If he's hired as the manager of the Astros, will you throw your chancla at the wall? No. You won't do that. We'll, we'll <laughs> okay. play that later. That was fantastic, by the way. Was it this morning or yesterday oh, it was morning? morning? Was this morning? I thought yeah. he was getting upset about it yesterday, too. Somebody told me that he somebody told me that Lance had said that if Osmus was hired as the he manager, quit. he'd quit. Yep. So I oh, thought it was no, all the no. I thought we, it was all the same thing. Oh, he mad dog. Oh, he mad dog. What's that? We might have to put him on Badzik Boulevard like Mad Dog. We still can. Because I don't want Lance to quit. Yeah, but we think that the chances are low. Because, we, I mean, we have it at 25, he had it at 30, you have it at 33. So, I mean, chances are, according to the Killer Bees, that Brad Osmus is not the manager of the I think, it, I think it's what? Osmus, Espada, or there's probably like one outside name that they really like. I was going to ask you guys, what's the chances Espada is the next head coach? Manager? 60%. I, I'd say 75. 33. 
33. You have three guys. You have 33%. Yeah. I don't know who the other one is. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Bannister. That's who I want. I want Jeff Bannister. I'd be happy with plenty. I'd be happy with a few names. Jeff Bannister is the name that, that I want. Uh, 713-780-3776. Uh, but it's also our money that we give to Jim Crane. I, I understand that. and That's kind of the reasoning that I'm saying spend more money. But once you give that money, you're purchasing a seat. You're purchasing merch. You're purchasing a gentle bin at Minute Maid Park. That money goes to Crane, and now it's Crane's money to do what he wants. He's selling you the product, you're buying the product, and then he can use that money however he chooses. I'd like him to spend a little bit more on the on the current product. Uh, 7593, if there are moves that make the Astros significantly better and that puts them over the CBT, then yes, he has a responsibility to the city to do so. You agree with that? Cash that or trash that? He's responsibility to do so? I don't know that he's he, – I don't think you can say he has a responsibility to do so. I mean, no one says just because you own the team that you have to do what people whose money it's not tells you to do. I, I think that, you know, it depends. Again, every situation is different. But I think that I don't know that there's any move, obviously maybe Otani, but I don't think there's any move that can be made that makes you significantly better. You're already one of the best teams in baseball. You just finished in the final four of baseball. So I, I think there are moves that can make you better, that can improve your weaknesses. I think the biggest thing where people kind of lose sight of it is is just that because you own the team, you don't report to the rest of the fan base. You don't report or have obligations to say, I have to do this. But when you're making money, and especially because he's in a situation where he's not hurting, his other businesses are making money and are extremely successful too. And because he's so dialed into the franchise, some owners just buy it as an investment and then they stay the hell out of the way. But one way or another, they're not passionate about it. He seems passionate enough about it that you can expect – he, he should spend money. Yeah, I, I do think that the, the obligation's too strong. I, I would like him to spend more. I would say the obligation's too strong of a word. Okay, this last text we'll read on this, 9780. Crane can do very little and still make good money and be a good team, but they probably won't win at all. How much does he really want to win? I, I think that that's going to be put to the test this offseason because the Astros right now are on the cusp of already reaching the luxury tax, and I think that they could bring in at least two, maybe even three bullpen arms. I think that they could bring in a left-field outfielder to split time at left-field DH. I personally would like it more in left-field. And I also think they could use another utility guy, so uh, Kessinger's not on the team. Uh, I think that you could add another bench guy to this team as well. So I could I could count up to five players that Jim Crane and the Astros and Dana Brown should be signing in free agency. Three arms. Uh, for me, it's in the bullpen because I think that you have a starting pitching surplus. An outfielder. And then also a bench guy that, that can help you out as well. That way you have an overall depth that's a little bit better. I started to look at some names this morning. Just had a little bit of time. Uh, look, the Astros might not want to go into the luxury tax. If they don't want to go into the luxury tax, they have to get creative through trade. There's a couple of names that interest me in trade. And the reason that I think these guys would be available in trade for a variety of reasons, most of them are close to the end of their deal. Some of them are in smaller markets. Some of them have a surplus in the outfield. Maybe you can flip it for like an arm. Does it, would an Alex Verdugo do anything for you? Final year of his deal. He's a pretty good contact hitter. Can walk a little bit. Pretty good average. Doesn't have tons of pop. Get extra base hits. Doesn't hit many homers. But an Alex Verdugo be okay yeah, for you guys. Does a lot for me. Alex Verdugo, you'd like that? Joe George is nodding his head yes as he does other things. Yes. Definitely like How about that. an Anthony Santander for the Baltimore Orioles? Well, this he's good too. Final year of his deal. Baltimore has a ton of outfielders. They don't have much pitching, so maybe you can flip one of your arms. Um, I don't think they would want to pay him. And then they also have tons of outfielders that are about to be up from the minor league system that are going to take his spot anyways. I think they could move him for the right arm. 
I'm not sure the Astros have an arm that would be able to entertain Baltimore. It wouldn't shock me if Santander is, is shot, though, by Baltimore. Tricky situation, too, because, you know, they're competitor. They're, they're, they're going to be one of the best teams in the American League, too. Yes. And so you... But you, they have a surplus of outfield and need pitching help. I yeah. could see them flipping him for pitching help. He's, he's, he's a power hitter, too. I mean, He can hit. Both those guys interest me. Aloy Jimenez. For the Chicago White Sox. Joseph, that's no. you. You're a hard no on Jimenez. You're a hard no. I'm a hard no. You should be a hard no because he is 10 times the problem that Jordan is. You no, know, he's not, not going to play much outfield. There's not Eloy rules. He just doesn't play because he gets hurt. He is soft, okay. soft, 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 soft. And he's Jordan. So you don't want him in left. You want him as no. a DH. So you have two guys with the same problem. Eloy would be your DH and Jordan would play left field mostly. Yeah, that that would be the like scenario. Like Eloy Jimenez will not make it through a month at Minute Maid Park. He'll run into the Crawford boxes if he's in left field. So cross him off. Cross him cross off. I'm not okay. Either, All right. What's, Let's the, cross what's him the guy off. they got from the Red Sox? The third baseman that's always that's always hurt. Justin oh, Turner, the first baseman, the White Sox, the White Sox when they had the one big Red Sox trade, Mancota when they traded Jan Mancota, Jan Mancota, Mancota, yeah, he's yeah. All, he's also always hurt. Yeah, he's yeah. a really good player when he's healthy, but he's here's, always hurt. Here's one that's a massive reach, and I admit that it's a massive reach, but it entertains the heck out of me from a buy low point of view, like buy low for this guy. Austin Meadows, who I looked up Austin Meadows today, and he's played like five games this year. He played like 13 games last year. Injured the Rays when he had good years. He was traded from the Rays for like Isaac Paredes to the Tigers. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, look at the Rays. They ripped him off again, which they did because Meadows hasn't played. Meadows missed most of the year because he was dealing with anxiety, which is kind of alarming. You might already have one of those guys in Fromber, but maybe because you've dealt with it with Fromber, you could be somebody who deals with it with Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows, this might surprise you. He's had two top 20 MVP seasons. Austin Meadows is next year is in the final year of his deal. You get Austin Meadows for pennies on the dollar, could be a great investment, could be great ROI. I don't like this idea with the sense that he's your starting left fielder, but if you trade for him to be your fourth outfielder and it's like this guy goes off, all of a sudden you just bought like the biggest value of the offseason. You know who he is? Who? He's the the guy we were talking about that uh, who, uh, who Kansas City gave up, that Baltimore signed, O'Hearn. Oh, yeah. Ryan O'Hearn. He's like O'Hearn. He, he might be. A yeah, uh, nothing last year, a nothing burger. Yeah. So no one's interested. And then all of a sudden, if you add him and he's right, he can go off. He has incredible potential. The risk there is very, very minor, and the reward is very, very high. So those would be some trade options that the Astros can't sign. Uh, four outfielders that I would be interested in in free agency. It's not a great outfield class if you eliminate like Cody Bellinger, which I don't think he would be in the too Astros' expensive. radar. I think he'd be too expensive. It's not really a great outfield class. But to sign any of these guys, again, you're probably going into the luxury tax. I have two offensive-oriented scenarios, and then I have two defensive-oriented scenarios where this guy would play center field and it would move Chaz to left field, makes Mauricio Dubon a utility guy. My two offensive ideas, Jorge Soler, hits a lot of home runs, yeah. had a really good year for Miami. The other one, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Jock Peterson. God, you know how I feel about that. Jock Peterson. That's Houston Astro, Jock player. Peterson. Oh. It's the least favorite player in the entire planet. He's pretty good. He's pretty good, especially against righties. And the idea is here he's going to be in your lineup against righties. He'll play left field. Chaz plays center against lefties. Chaz plays left. Dubon plays center field. Jock Peterson, I think, would be a good fit here. He just hits. He's a lefty. lefty. I think he'd be a good fit. Joe, what do you can you can you break the tie on Jock Peterson? I mean, yes. I think he'd fit in here. I can't stand. I think as soon as he hits twenty five home runs next year, you'd be like, go Jock, yay! All right, my two defensive ideas in center field. This would be the idea of, hey, I'm getting Yiner as my catcher. I can live with the defensive-minded center fielder. Uh, Jake Myers is not going to be that guy. Uh, so you move Chaz to left field most of the time. Michael Taylor, 
and Kevin Kiermeyer. I like Kevin Kiermeyer a lot. They would play center field, move Chaz to left field primarily. So this would be defensive, defensive mind, uh, defensive oriented. Michael Taylor's Gold Glove potential and Kevin yeah. Kiermeyer's Gold Glove potential. No, they're both really, really good defensive. And we saw Michael Taylor with the Twins, man, and we saw him before that uh, with the Nationals. I like Kevin Kiermeyer a lot. I think he's still an elite defensive outfielder. I don't know what his bat does all that better much. than it's better than Jake. Which isn't a Not huge R, but it's, it's but, yeah. a, but it's an upgrade. Like Jake's a defensive-minded center fielder, but his offense is terrible. Kevin Kiermeyer's a defensive-minded center fielder. His offense isn't great, but it's better than Jake's. Yeah, I like I like Kevin Kiermeyer a lot. I think he'd be a really good fit here. Michael Taylor is another guy who's like, he's not going to hit much, but he's going to hit 20 home runs. He has a little pop. He's fast, and he might be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Like, no, that's not hyperbolic. Like, he's a top five defen- best well, defensive what about center fielder the, in baseball. Uh, Atlanta center fielder, Harris? Oh, Michael Harris? Yeah, he, he's, boy, I'll tell you what. More, the more I watch that guy play, he is unbelievable defensively. Yeah, he's really good. Michael Taylor's up there, too, from a defensive point of view. 713-780-ESPN. Any of those names interest you? 713-780-3776. Let's make some money. I got to make some money. Last week, we, we hurt you last week. We we're sorry for that. We apologize from deep within our hearts. This week, though, we're going to have some winners in BZ Money. Can the Killer Bees get back on track? It is the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Last week, we, uh, I mean, there's no other way to, to put this. Crap the bed. We sucked. I guess there's more than one way to put it. We did that, what <laughs> you said. We sucked. Joe, would you like to throw in an analogy of how we performed last week on BZ Money? We were like the steaming pile of dog turd you put on someone's porch. There you go. Now, the good thing was we didn't blow go. a ton of money on big, we really big, big bets. We didn't feel good about the slate, yeah. and we uh, it, it showed because we were 0-5. But all five games were our minimum bets. Yeah. All five games were 25 bucks. So we lost $125 last week. We were 0-5. We apologize for that. But if you've been... If you've been telling us all year, we're 21, 13, and 1 overall, and we're still up 935 bucks on the year. So our BZ Money bankroll, thank you to Mr. Gal, is $1,935. We started with $1,000. So we had a bad week. That's okay. We'll regroup. We'll get up. We'll dust ourselves off, and we're going to do better this week. Blankers, what are you leading us off with? I am going to propose and lead off with the Dallas Cowboys uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Dallas at home. Uh, it's going to be the first game in a long time that they're going to be at home, but they are minus six. I, I just, I really believe that from a Dallas perspective, coming off the bye, coming off a lot of extra time, uh, they've been really good. McCarthy's been really good. The Rams, they're kind of hot and cold. Um, I'm interested to see. I know that, that Dallas had had some hits to the secondary. I think Dallas secondary is still good. I think Micah Parsons is going to wreak havoc on kind of uh, a, a, a beaten down offensive line for the Rams, and I think the Cowboys are going to win by at least seven. Okay, uh, Brian O'Metrics on this game had the Cowboys winning by seven. So this is not a game that I love. I'm not going to put up a huge fight against. Uh, I, I'm indifferent about this game. So I, I'm going to take myself out of this conversation, but throw in the caveat that I don't feel comfortable with big money on this game. I'm, I'm good with this one. I like Dallas in theory. It does feel like the typical game that they would lose and Stafford will go off. Mm-hmm. But like I... I I would tend to agree that like Dallas should win this game by a touchdown, so I'm good with Dallas on a 25. I think the Rams' offense is one-dimensional right now, too, because yeah, they, they lost uh, Kyron Williams, yeah, I mean, which huge loss for random fantasy Puka football teams. Uh, Darrell Williams is like their, their bell cow right now, which is a problem. Yeah, Puka and Cup. Mm-hmm. A Puka and a Cup. Um, yeah, I'm cool playing this, but I want to go bed, uh, You can Puka and a Cup. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Great. The blank joke, 713-780-3776. Well, you know what? 
that one made me laugh. I'll Thank give you. it an eight. There you go. I'm going to go you. with a four. Of course you I'm childish. Four. So. <laughs> All right, so 25 bucks? Yeah, sure. 25. Okay. All right, 25 bucks. I hate that we bet the Cowboys, but business before pleasure. I'm going to go against your team this week, uh, Blankers. This will be the first one that I sell to you guys. Well, good. It shouldn't take a whole lot of convincing. That's right. Uh, the Vikings are headed to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Vikings are road favorites, which is something that always scares me. Vikings are starting to play a little bit better. Packers are starting to play a little bit worse. I think the Vikings go into Lambeau no problem and, and cruise to a victory. Uh, giving up one and a half points, I have no problem giving the number. Could not agree more. Biggest mistake of my life was telling you guys last week to bet with the Packers, which I never do. And I never should do under Jordan Love's controls because he absolutely sucks, as Joe would say. And the numbers back it up. And it, they continue to stack up against him. Minnesota likes to blitz. Jordan Love doesn't like to handle it well. There you go. Uh, the weather is not going to be frozen. It's just starting to get like fall-like there. The Skull! Sport- Talk, yeah, I'm all over the Vikings on this. Skull! I'm all about it. I think this is like a 50? 50 burger. I'm with it. Let's yeah. go. Skull for 50. Betting on Kirk Cousins for our bet Betting of the week. the pack. That's scary. Well, you know, business not pleasure. That's right. All I'm right. not getting any pleasure out of the Packers this year anyway. Jose Jorge, what are you selling to us? Look, last week you, you tried to go against my Bears and something called a Tyson or Tyler Badgett beat the Raiders. It's an I upgrade at the position. It might be. I think Garoppolo might be out again this weekend. I like Detroit minus eight at home. Uh, they need a bounce back, and, and I think the Raiders are the right team. That offense oh, is okay. dysfunctional. Yeah, I was like, is he was going like, with the I Bears? Was like, I was like, how is he going to Detroit from Chicago? Yeah. I see what you did. It's yeah. the, the, the common denominator here are the Raiders. Is the Raiders. I got you. So okay. I like Detroit minus eight. I, I think that they're going to smoke number. the Raiders. It is it's a, a big, big number. number, but like, I, yeah. I like this one a lot. I, this would be a lot easier for me, but that eight number. Kind of scares. This me. is the Monday nighter too. Yeah, we do like sweating a Monday nighter. It is fun. We do like sweat. It is fun. a bigger number than I'm comfortable with. Uh, I do. Brano metrics do have the Lions winning by 11, though. So the the analytics do like Joe's side of this. Uh, I I like a hip hip Jorge for 25 bucks it's on a Monday brand night. Brandalytics. There we go. I like that. I'm still in that. I'm still in that. You don't get royalties. Uh, I'm okay with that, sweating that on a Monday yeah, night. that's fine. 25 minimum? I'll roll with that. Yeah, we're degenerates on this show. Yep. Uh, just like the previous people that held this time slot. All right, Joe, you're second. No, I, I, not the previous. Oh, Blankers. I get to go again? Uh, no, I, I screwed that up. It's oh, Blank Man's okay. turn. That's my bad. Yeah, two two shows ago. Uh, I'm going to go with my second game as the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. I think that Denver beat in my opinion, the worst football team on uh, in the NFL this year in Green Bay uh, last week. And that's not saying much. Denver sucks. Denver's trying to have a fire sale. They're, they, who knows who they're going to try and trade away and when. But I don't think they're trying to win any football games. And Kansas City needs to get right and just keep on winning to solidify their place on top of the AFC. I mean, this game's only a touchdown. I know it, 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 there's some people that like to say that this is, might be a trap game. Kansas City's won the last six in a row against Denver. Anyways, yeah. I think they're going to easily win by more than a touchdown. I just want to point out that you poo-pooed uh, Joe's big number, and then you go immediately to a big number. It's just, just a touchdown. Just it's not saying. eight. I just said saying. if it was seven, I'd feel more I comfortable. I mean, an eight's technically a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yeah, and in today's day yeah. and age, would you call it Branalytics? Yeah. Uh, this is a game that personally I stayed away from, but I, I think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns, so I have no issue. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? Okay. Uh, that I don't know. Is, can we, is Swift's can... there? Yeah, we're all in. Can we go 25 on the Chiefs if she's not there? 100 on the Chiefs if she is. I'm down. You know, I'm down. 
a that's a big bet. <laughs> go go all in at the mile high. Maybe let's hope for tour continues. If she's there. I think it tours over, isn't it? It's just like in a movies now. Yeah, oh. theaters. Okay. Yeah, I think I her know. tour's been long. Done. I think she's mostly doing home games though. Yeah, well, yeah, she stayed she away from Minneapolis, yeah. but that's probably smart. She went to one road game, right? No, I think you're right. But I can't yeah, remember which one it New was. York. She went, went to New York uh, because Rodgers right. was there, too. She was at the Jets game. That's right. Yeah, that was a national it TV game. It was the game. Jets game. Yeah. That is right. She did go to New York. Uh, let's just let's just assume she's not going to be there. All right, like, I can't imagine her going to a boring... Actually, Denver's pretty fun. Uh, 25. That's a good city, yeah. I want to bet a little bit more. I, I kind of do, too. 35, 40. Let's 30, go. 35? 35. 35. 35. Yeah, I like... Because uh, I, I think that the worst case scenario here is Kansas City wins by seven. And we push I, I, it. I agree. Yeah, That's so why I, actually, I didn't like eight. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I just wanted to, to nitpick. It's what I do. Uh, I'm going to go to Indy. The fighting Jim Ursays. The fighting Gardner Minshews. The fighting Shane Steichen. Jonathan Taylor is back. I think the Saints are a train wreck offensively. The Saints are awful. And you know what the Saints have been doing lately? They've been going through the gauntlet of the AFC South. You know what they've been doing against the gauntlet of the AFC South? They've been losing to the gauntlet of the AFC South. That continues. At Indy, it's a pick'em game. Colts should be three-point favorites. I don't I don't think the Colts have any issue with the Saints. I think the Saints continue to struggle against what is an inferior, actually a superior division in the AFC South. I don't really like this game because it's weird to figure try and figure out what New Orleans is and what they can be. I know Their a lot of Saints of fans joke. are clamoring for Carr to be benched and for who? And, and for Jameis? Jameis to come back in. And I've got friends that are Saints fans. That are, I go, do you really know what you're asking for? There was a the lot Saints of that suck. during the Texans game. The Saints wins one point against Tennessee, three points against Carolina, and they blew out New England. Like they're they're not good. Their offense is their their defense can play. Their offense is lost. They I have feel, no idea what they're doing. On the flip side, I don't feel bad with Indy with uh, with uh, Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I don't want to go big on this game, but I feel I, I'm fine taking Indy. I like Indy in this one. Um, I think this is a like. I think this is another thirty-five. What did the Branham metrics say on this one? What did the Branham metrics say? Uh, I had the Colts winning by seven. Okay, it's a pick'em game. I like that. So, right. how much? Thirty-five. Let's go thirty. 30. I feel better yeah, about like the Kansas City well. game. Yeah. So yeah, let's go thirty on the. Uh, plus, I don't want to bet a whole lot on Jim Ursay's. I don't like Jim Ursay. Right, how old is, is this show? Uh, with you or just with us? In general. I don't know. Close to... Two we started years? in an August. We're going... We're over two years now. So, two years. Okay. so is this year three of BZ Money then? No. no I think it's year two. This year is year two, two of okay. BZ Money. Yeah, we got more creative later. So here's yeah. the thing. I would imagine, even though I wasn't part of the show last year, that the Houston Texans are not often no. chosen no, in yeah. BZ Money. I think we might have picked on them last year. I think, so, I think we've, well, yeah, I think we've, we, we picked we, on them quite a bit last year. We but now we're going to no. pick four, though. I don't think we ever bet on them, but we well, picked on them quite a bit. I want to. Okay. Houston Texans, minus three, on the road at the Carolina Panthers. I think the Panthers' offense is not good. I think Bryce Young is really struggling. He looks really flat-footed, I think, in the pocket. I like the Panthers. I like the Panthers to lose this game by a touchdown. New OC. New OC. Was it Thomas Brown who interviewed for the Texans? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I feel uncomfortable about. I do, too. And maybe it's because of my Houston battered sports fan syndrome. Texans should roll in this game. Like, the Texans should roll in this game. If they're actually a playoff contender, like we talk to the talk about them as a playoff contender, this should be a game where they go into Carolina and win by a touchdown. Make a statement. Send yeah. a message. Win a game you're supposed to win. But I just got a feeling like they're going to try and get Bryce Young to show out because of the fact that everybody's going to be watching and comparing these two guys. I that, think that's a terrible, terrible <laughs> analysis of this game. 
Why? I'm just worried about the fact that they're going to do everything in their power to get him, you know, to have him go off and and try and shouldn't they be doing the new that offensive every week? Yeah, but they haven't been able to do it. New offensive coordinator and. and Look, I'm just saying that's why I feel uneasy because I feel like this is one of those games where you jump fully on board with the Texans and everybody's watching yeah. that matchup and then Bryce Young goes off. But I'm totally fine. I feel good about this game. I yeah. really do. It's, it's That's what scares me. I'm going to think with my head and not my heart. My heart's, my heart's all is never let me down. But I'm not going to think with my heart today. I'm going to think with my head. So only 25. Yeah, I'm going Texans. Texans should win this game. Like, like if we eliminate the scared of being bias towards the Texans or like eliminate the homerness of like oh, Texans always let you down whatever like however you want to describe that you take all of the personal feeling from this game Texans should roll Texans yeah. should beat the brakes off of Carolina yeah so, it's not like that's a great home field advantage in Carolina either no. yeah, what, what that fan base can't feel great right they now. like NASCAR there more than they like football they like AAA baseball that is a fact more. they like college basketball there more than they like the Panthers which is fair I understand that um, they like NASCAR more than just about anything but religion. What do they have there? The Montgomery Biscuits? No, Charlotte Hornets? No, Charlotte. Said minor uh, league baseball. Charlotte, they have the Durham um, Bulls. No, they have yeah, a they Charlotte do. team. Where's my, the Montgomery's in Alabama, I think. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, 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 I think it's the Montgomery the in Charlotte Alabama. Knights. They have the Durham Bulls. Charlotte Knights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going Texans. How much? 25. 25 is fine. Yeah, I don't want to bet a whole lot on the Houston Texans. All right, $25. So there you got it. We're going Dallas minus six for 25. Minnesota minus one and a uh, one and a half for fifty. Indy in a pick'em for thirty. Houston minus three for twenty-five. Kansas City minus seven for thirty-five. And the Lions for minus eight uh, for twenty-five points on Monday night. See if the uh, see if the Killer Bees can get it back on track. Uh, Cleveland Browns. We didn't bet that game. Uh, they their quarterback one's playing on Sunday though. Do you see this? PJ Walker is going to be their their starting quarterback. So they're better quarterbacks playing. Uh, Deshaun Watson was talking yesterday about his shoulder and his ailments and loves his life and all of this. I, I hear it and I'm just like, this guy is a filthy liar. I can't trust Deshaun Watson. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. He's blank. Uh, I'm Branham. Jose Jorge behind the glass. Five six zero five. So be careful with your money, guys. It's going to snow in Denver. I didn't know it was going to snow in Denver. I actually didn't either. But my it still shouldn't of, worry me. Uh, I hope Taylor Swift is in the in the suites and the the heat, the climate controlled. It, it doesn't worry me though. Like I, I'm, I think the Chiefs still roll in that game. Um, if anything, you think the snow hurts the passing game? I don't think that it does. I don't really think uh, snow or rain hurts passing games. Well, but Kansas City I plays think wind cold. does. They, they, they play, do, yeah. Yeah, they right. played in the elements. I'm not yeah, worried they're, about they're that. To, to me, wind is the biggest factor that hurts the pass game than, than rain or uh, snow. Because, in fact, you can make an argument that it hurts the defensive players trying to cover the, the passing routes. Because, like, you don't know where you're going, whereas the receiver does know where he's going. Uh, so wind, to me, is a bigger factor. But I'm imagining if there's some snow there, there's probably going to be a decent amount of wind, too. Uh, Tony22 says, after reading the loud, how do you feel, Branham? Tony22, I love you. I have no idea what you mean. Do you have any idea what that what that the is? Loud? The loud. Yeah, he said after reading the loud, how do you feel, Branham? What is the loud? I don't know. Tony twenty two, can you clarify? Because you got me, you got me all messed up right now. I, I'm just thinking of what you could mean, and I, I have a lack of concentration, and I have no idea what I'm doing, and I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Um, Deshaun Watson was talking yesterday to media in Cleveland. 
Uh, we know the story with Deshaun. I mean, we, how far back do you want to go? Uh, but he was talking about the, the injury that he's had. And he came back, played for a couple of plays last week, and then he got benched. He didn't get benched. He took himself out of the game, but should have been benched because P.J. Walker's playing better football than Deshaun Watson. I was listening to this soundbite from Deshaun Watson. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, how does anybody believe a word that this scumbag says? I don't know how you can. Since I was six years old, so why wouldn't I want to play? I see the I see the same things. I see all the the narratives, this, that, third. I mean, all that stuff is just trying to call controversy and, and, and commotion. You know, I'm fine. I'm happy. Uh, I'm not happy with the injury, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a great space mentally. I'm in a great space spiritually. Uh, physically, everything else is in a great space except my shoulder. Uh, so we're working hard to get that back, but. Yeah, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I want to play? I don't I do not do this for no other reason. So, uh, yeah, I see that too. I see the whole contract situation and all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff is just for people to talk and, and just create narrative. So. All right, so you hear Deshaun say all of that, $230 million, blah, 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 blah. What's your reaction after hearing the, the liar lie a lot? You shouldn't have been able to trust him before. But if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you have to be so uneasy about a guy that there's just no way in your heart of hearts you can think about getting behind because the dude looks like he's just collecting a check and going through the motions. And, you know, Brady Quinn maybe wasn't wrong. We talked about it before Brady Quinn going, you know, he got all the money. He's making business decisions. And then he doesn't know. It sounds a lot like Laramie Tunsil when he knew the team wasn't good and he was making all that money. And he decided that a hangnail could keep him out six weeks. It sounds like a guy that doesn't want to play a whole lot, but when you parlay that with all the different things he's pulled and how he tried to make himself out to be this squeaky clean guy when he got to Houston and be the man of the fans and all the different things, only to find out that the dark side was really dark and it was really twisted and there was a whole lot to it, and then all the things in between. If I'm a Browns fan, I'm not happy at all that that guy's my quarterback and I can't trust a word out of his mouth. That's the thing too, like uh, if, if the Texans flat out cut him and you got him on just like a stupid, ridiculous, low value contract it's like cool, I can understand I mean I wouldn't do it, but I can understand an ownership or a team being like Let, let's buy low, hope that he can play really well and then we have a guy who's playing way above his contract but what ever made you believe that Deshaun Watson who was given the biggest contract guaranteed money in history was going to be the best quarterback in the NFL. You and, I had these you and I had these conversations, aside from the money, about could he get back to top 10 status as a quarterback in this league with all the time he had off and 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 you know and just what that means to a guy, regardless of where you are age-wise in your career. Behannon says uh, Watson is done. Uh, Alex says Watson is a cochino, which is a great line. Um even at, like Deshaun at his best when he was here, because I mean, we, we thought at some point that Deshaun Watson was a guy who had the capability of being an MVP level quarterback. We thought that at one point in time, Deshaun Watson had the capability of of leading a team to like being a contender for a Super Bowl. I never felt Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback. To me, it was always okay, maybe comfortably in the top ten, but pretty far back from the top tier of. Pat Mahomes. I guess whenever they played Josh Allen in the playoffs and they beat him, that was might have, might have been Allen's second year. Yeah, he wasn't quite Watson, where he is now. Watson was ahead of Allen when they played, and I think it was Allen's second year. It's the playoff game. Watson led the fourth quarter comeback. Mm-hmm. Both quarterbacks played poorly, actually, in that game. But in what universe has Deshaun Watson ever been a first-year quarterback ever, other than potential? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think that when we always looked at him, we always said, hey, from a physical quarterback tools standpoint, he has everything. 
He has the scapability and athleticism and the arm and the ability to put footballs where they need to be placed. But he's got a ton of maturing to do in terms of understanding when to tuck it and just hit the ground and eat a play instead of going out and trying to make a big play, extend a play, and then lose 12, 15 yards. And we also knew we padded a ton of stats with a bad team that was throwing, playing from behind a lot. And so we knew that he had the physical attributes and tools that a, a stud quarterback needed to have. We also knew that there was a lot that he still had to do to kind of hone in his skills. But we also were pretty comfortable in saying, look, dude's a top 10 quarterback. Now, some of yeah. that is because 8, 9, and 10 on that list weren't exactly knocking your socks off anyway, but it was fair to say he was a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, I think whenever, like his last year playing with the Texans, he was in, and I know that his last year playing with the Texans, they won four games, he led the league in passing, it was a lot of that empty. But even before that, when they went to the playoffs, he, he was comfortably in the top mm -hmm. 10. Uh, was he knocking on the door of the top five? Eh, I don't know. But he's regressed. And, I'll tell you this. From a national standpoint, they thought he was. I think he, I think it was more he's on his way. Yeah, but there was he's a lot of people way. willing to anoint him. Like, he he's, you know, bef before you know it, he's this gonna guy's going to be a top five-ish yeah, I mean, Cleveland thought so. Well, I mean, no question Cleveland about it. Cleveland thought so. They gave three first-round draft picks for him and paid him $230 million of guaranteed money. Uh, I mean, every single time I, I see some Deshaun Watts, and it's too bad, too, from a Cleveland point of view, because their defense is championship oh, good. good. Yeah. Like, their defense is playoff good. If they had a, like a a semblance of an offense at all. If Nick Chubb injury hurts a lot here too. Sure but does. if they had a top 15 offense, like that's a dark horse Super Bowl contender. Uh, but they've got nothing from their quarterback, and I'm here for it. I, I love There's to see everything. Of, you know all the owners in the league are loving if, if Haslam has to, the Haslam family has to bathe in this yeah. contract because it pissed them off when he signed it. Yeah, I've boycotted Flying J truck stops because of that whole thing. Uh 713-780-ESPN. Texans uh final injury report is out and they've uh they've announced some guys that will be out on Sunday. Uh Brevin Jordan out, so maybe more uh Quentin Tarantino action, which I mean Dalton Schultz has been playing really well mm -hmm. lately. Like Brevin Jordan's kind of been whatever. Um Sheldon Rankins is out, which is not good not news because he's one of your anchors in the middle now. They got Hassan Ridgeway back this week. He has practiced. He was limited Wednesday, limited Thursday, was full today. He's being listed as questionable. I'm assuming that if they activated him, if he was a full participant on Friday, the fact that Sheldon Rankins has been ruled out, I'm expecting Hassan Ridgeway yeah. to start for the Texans next to Malik Collins. And then Robert Woods has been ruled out of the game as well. Titus Howard, Xavier Hutchinson, Hassan Ridgeway are questionable. I would assume that those guys play. Uh, Brevin Jordan, to me, whatever, it's a wash. Sheldon Rankin's loss is significant, even if you're getting Ridgeway back because you want a rotation there. Now, because you got Ridge, Ridgeway back, it's not as as big a hit. And then the Robert Woods uh, being out, too, I think that that's pretty significant, really. Yeah, those guys didn't practice yesterday. No. So you, you didn't expect that they were going to make some miraculous comeback and play this week. Um, you know, well, Rankin's I, was limited yesterday. Uh, he I guess was he, off on I, a side. He was on side field. He I guess he tried to give it like a go and just yeah, and then, not, didn't really feel well, I guess. Yeah, then he suddenly disappeared and they thought he was doing work on the side fields, which is never a good sign. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you know, I look at this and say from the Rankins' perspective, what bothers me is they're going to try and force feed the run a little bit in Carolina. And, and you know, you just want your best guys up front to be able to, you know, to just plug the gaps up and, and stop it up. You can get by. And their linebacker core is getting healthier too, which helps. But, yeah, I'd like to have Rankins in the center of my defensive line. Yeah, I, I want to see that rotation because I think the Rankins, Collins, Ridgeway, it, it gives you a pretty good opportunity. Uh, now, you know, you figure against Carolina, you don't necessarily need it, but uh, you certainly don't want to put the card ahead of the horse there. 713-780-ESPN. 
What's your trust level for Deshaun? Which of those injuries hurts the Texans most on Sunday? Also, you can pick one expiring contract for the Texans because Nick Casario talking the other day, he said that we're uh, we're open to the idea of extending players during the season, which you should be. Why would you eliminate that option? It's stupid. So I do like that about Casario. You can pick one expiring contract right now to a fair market deal. Who is it? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.